0: Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the weekly JazzNet podcast. Hi there, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. And what has been a tremendous week for the Teddy Bears. All the news is positive. We're all hyper here at Jersnet. Well, i anyway. We'll find out how the guys are when, we, when, I, when I introduce them. But a great week, great result last week in Spain. Uh, Heart-stroke points on Saturday. Celtic get pumped on the Sunday, and then we win convincingly. So. It's all good, it's all positive, and really looking forward to this show because we're all happy, smiley people. Joining me this week on the show, eh, we have two who have appeared before. We'll go to our first female person that's been on the show before, was Christine, and she's joining us again
1: tonight. How are you, Christine? I'm very well. What a great day.
0: It's been a great day. I am hyper, I must admit.
1: As Carlsberg did Sunday, sir.
0: Well... That, 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 eh, uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna maybe be a wee bit, eh, uh, dodgy with my part here. I was, I was speaking to a couple of guys at the game, and uh, I was like, you know, because for, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm in the middle of a, a, a long weekend. So I was, uh, we got the result on Thursday, off Friday, parts through yesterday, Celtic got beat the day, we won the day, and I'm after the morrow. I say to a guy that fit with this. He says, "I might try my hand with the missus tonight because all the, all the news is positive. So <laughs> I might I might be onto something tonight. <laughs> but we'll see. I'll update you next week. Uh, so, aye, it's all positive. It's all great stuff. Great stuff. Loving it." Uh, also joining us this week is uh, Stephen Clifford from the blog, Four Lads Had a Dream, he's, a, he's practically a regular now, how are you doing Stephen?
2: Very, very, very well tonight, because in the last time I was on, we'd just been beaten by you-know-who, um, frame of mind today is, yes, we're on a, a Richter scale of very excitable tonight, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, I can't even remember the
0: last time I had a few days like this with Rangers, honestly, it's been great, it's been absolutely brilliant. So we'll have a wee look at the game today. Uh, Obviously a great result against St. Johnston. We'll have a wee speak back at the Villarreal game. And we'll also have a look at this George Peach stuff, the the allegations that have come out that, you know, some shenanigans were were happening back in 2008 when Rangers had their fixture pile up. So we'll get straight on to it. Obviously today a great result against St. Johnston. I thought it would have been, I I, I predicted 2-0. My my boy predicted 3-0. Turned out we were both way off. Uh, a great performance for Rangers today. Tavenier scored on nine minutes. Morello scored on the 34th minute. Scotty Arfield made it three in 52 minutes. Uh, big Kyle Lafferty come on to make it four in 74 minutes. Got a, sorry, yeah, St. Johnson got a bit of a dodgy penalty, I thought. Brought it back to 4-1, but Candias ran up the part two minutes later and made it the five. Stevie G, his thoughts, he said after the game, I thought at times we played some really stunning football and we certainly deserved to win by a big margin today. And we got that with five different goal scorers, which is a good point, I thought. I thought against Dundee, there were times when we came off the gas and today we came off the gas, a little tiny bit at the very end, but that is me being overcritical. I'd be interested to hear what uh, St. Johnston's manager says and what the players thought of their performance today. But that is what it has to be about here. We have to show people what we're about. We have to play our way and we have to make it uncomfortable for teams. Absolutely tremendous performance today. Stephen, I'll come to you first. What did you make of the overall performance today against St. Johnson?
2: Biggest compliment I can play to the the team today was I thought it was easy. I thought at times we looked like we were in a training game. Um, So much so that I was actually a bit miffed at how sloppy we were. Um, I thought defensively some of our distribution was poor. I've seen us, I thought, I've seen us um, defend and um, distribute from the back a lot better. But that's me being kind of picky on their performance because overall, second half especially, some of their passing and movement was delightful. A couple of outstanding individual performances which I now seriously think we're, we're getting um, some of the best performances out of the likes of Arfield. Morelos was the best I've ever seen him to date. That for me was a, a complete striker's performance from him. I was buzzing for him. Every, he, everything he tried, his link up and everything else. And somebody that I've been slightly worried about performance wise, Daniel Candias, really showed that he was back, back on form today. Ryan Kent was excellent. It was just, see, after, uh, after what had uh, happened at Rugby Park, I was slightly nervous about today, but buzzing completely buzzing with that performance. And as I said, the biggest compliment I can pay to them is they made it look easy. It was five one. It didn't it didn't in any way flatter us. Um we were well worthy of it being five one. And to be honest it probably could and should have been more. But um we played with them. We just we passed it about. We knocked it about really well and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it today. It was Ibrooks was very good today. Everybody was in high spirits every
0: it was a wee bit of sloppy play but overall the direction of traffic today was it's fairly positive, especially in the second half, as you say, Stephen. I think, yeah, I, I, I really think to this weekend may be, you know, maybe may a sort of pivotal weekend. We'll find out, but uh, it certainly feels very, very good to be a Rangers supporter today. Christine, I'll come to you. Uh, Stevie G starting eleven today. Uh, he reintroduced Catechu, who had missed the game against Villarreal on Thursday brought in Flanagan for Barisic. He brought in McCrory for Halliday. Do you think he got the the 11 right?
1: Well, obviously the result. <laughs> you can't really argue with it, can you? I think Barisic is injured, though. Um, I know he came off with a knock on Thursday night. Um, I don't know whether Flanagan would have been playing if Barisic had, had, been, um, had been fit. But um, you can't really argue with either of the results. I was... In, Thursday night I was saying, oh, that's a bit of a a risk bringing in Worrell and then after the, you know, 45 seconds you think, ooh-oh. But at the end of the day it turned out all right, and I'm not going to argue with CVG and whether he gets it right or not. He's got most things right this season apart from one game that I can think of that we don't mention.
0: Yeah, and see see one thing about that one game. I I, I, I blogged about this. I, I Genuinely think. I mean, he started to be six players on that side that day against Celtic. who would never experienced that fixture before. And it felt to me like he was prepared to take a hit. You know, I, I, I viewed the team that he put out that day as him looking at the marathon ahead rather than the sprint that was in front of him that day. You know, he wanted these players experienced in this fixture. Just get them out there, throw them into the deep end and see how they get on. And it's what? Now, now, now those players have, have, have experienced that fixture. Gaining a bit of momentum, you know, come December 29th or whenever it is we play them again, you know, I think that would be a bigger test as to, as to where we are in terms of, you know, competing with Celtic on a one to one basis. So I, I was never that overly concerned about that, that Celtic defeat. I, I must admit, everything else since has been, has been positive, you know. So no, I think you're right. I think uh, it's all good. It's all good in the, in the Rangers garden. Stephen, coming back to you. Sort of Christine mentioned there, you know, with a few players switching about, a bit of rotation. I'm starting to feel that there's a real sense that, you know, he is using the squad at his disposal. Do you think he's doing it wisely? Because I have to be honest with you, he's impressed me with us. You know, when I saw some of the, the, the team selection today, me and my boy always sort of trying to predict the team as we're coming in. And last season, it, one of us always at least got it right, you know, because the team was fairly predictable. Today, none of us well, no, put McCrory in. You know, I mean, and, and there's just this feeling that there's more strength and depth in the squad, and that, that and that Stephen Gerrard's using this squad wisely.
2: First of all, just like Christine said, it's Stephen Gerrard, I'm not going to argue with him. I, I I cannot really pick fault with with what he's done so far. Some of his sometimes substitutions are maybe a wee bit later than I'd like, or things like that. But that's just personal kind of preference, or, of what we like. Today, yeah. I mean, this is I remember you asked me a question on one of the very first pods that that, that done asking me if I want if, if I thought Ross McCrory should go out on loan and I said no. I said the best thing is would, would be for him to stick around and learn off the manager. Ross McCrory was excellent today. And that comes from good management. He's taken him out of the firing line after St um, Smith's head was maybe down a wee bit, he was banned and things like that. And he's brought him back in and he is an example in his performance today of, of how well he's using the squad, in my opinion. Middleton as well. I like the fact he never got on today. Not because he didn't deserve to get on, because his fire in his belly, he'll be ready now, possibly, to start against A in a couple of days and he'll be chomping at the bit. Likewise, Andy Halliday, very hard lines that he didn't go on today as well. But again, he's used Halliday superbly. And what it means is when these guys do finally get their chances, they're going to be bursting at the gut to, to take them. And I, I just think it augurs well, as you said, that there was nothing last season that picked itself. And if they didn't play well, well, they were playing again. It's not like that. Um, we've got, we've got strength and depth. We've got, we've got good numbers. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not been too many times where I've looked at um, the gaffers eleven and disagreed with it. To be honest, so yeah, today was good. Um, I was like you, surprised, but Rory started, but it turned out he's spot on. Um, Tamani got it perfectly today. Substitutions were good, um, affected the game as well. So, aye. Stephen, uh, Stephen Gerrard. I'm, I'm still in love with him. I'm, I'm not going to argue with anything that he does, to be honest.
0: You know, Stephen Gerrard always had this sort of about his own career. He was always said he was very single-minded. He didn't want anyone to get in his way. He wanted in that team, and he was prepared to shove anybody out of the way to get in there. And I think that's the sort of mentality, mentality sorry, that he's trying to install on his players. You know, so. I'm pretty sure when he was saying to players that were coming in today, "This is your chance," you know, "You're getting in today. You need to cement a place down." And it keeps, I think, it keeps everyone motivated and and wanting to play in. You know, sorry, wanting to to stay in the squad. Christine, uh, Stephen mentioned earlier on about the level of individual performances today. I, I thought, sorry, I thought the front three were terrific today. I thought Diaz was fantastic. I thought Kent had another really good game, and Morelos for me was was. Was man of the match? I thought, like Stephen, I thought he had his best game in a Rangers jersey today. Uh, who did? Who did you feel was your man of the match? Who stood out for you today?
1: The funny thing about it is that last season you were struggling to find a man of the match because none of them were good enough. Today it was there was too many, really too many candidates for it. I felt Morelis probably just nicked it, but I wouldn't argue with Candias thought Ross McCrory had a really good game as well. I think Stephen said that earlier. Um, I mean, it, was, it would be hard to, hard to fault anybody today, but there was some standouts.
0: Stephen, obviously it's a, a great weekend for Rangers. Hearts eh, and Celtic are both drop points. Celtic will beat today. Hearts are a draw yesterday. I mentioned earlier on that it kind of feels like a, a pivotal sort of weekend in the, in the, the title race. And I kind of say that because it made me remember and think of in 2011, when Rangers were so many points ahead of Celtic, the season when it all started going wrong, it was a defeat at Kilmarnock. It was a sort of, that's when, when you look back at the end of the season, that was a turning point. We beat 1-100 at Kilmarnock. And then we all, it all started to unravel a wee bit. And then come Christmas time, Celtic had clawed back the gap it kind of felt like this could be a big moment this weekend. Is that how it felt for you?
2: Yes and no. I don't want to get carried away because at the end of the day, we're only six games in. I think that's that's the most important thing. But I'm going to go back to a couple of things. See, if we journey back to last Friday night, we were four points behind them and they were playing St Mirren away in what should be, no disrespect to St Mirren, a routine kind of victory for them. They blew it. They could have went seven points clear instead. They didn't. They went five. We then won, brought back down to two. We're now ahead of them. And from being seven points, potentially, we're now a point clear. That, to me, is a big swing. Mentally as well. We've got a wee bit of momentum now. Um, and I just... Like we... I've, I've blogged on this and I've said it as well. We need to go on a domestic kind of run of form. There's Every game is massive for us. Um, so... It's, it's, That is, uh, potentially, the the swing comes from from that, from the um, psychological kind of move from potentially seven to being one ahead. I just hope they they power on now because they've got all the, I just think we're a different animal now. I mean, last week was routine, today was routine. At times, again, it was like a training match, as I said before. But um, something I wanted to say um, on your point before, Colin, was that Somebody that I don't think gets a lot of credit that really should in our team. Scotty Arfield's been magnificent for me. I he is he's like an unsung hero. He does so much work, so much power of running, so much closing down, and he doesn't always get the the kind of audulation that maybe Koulibaly gets and things like that. But I think Scotty Arfield's been terrific, deserved his goal during the week, deserved his goal today, and I think he's starting to settle. And I think you're you're gonna see a guy that gets 10, 12, 13 goals for us in a season, and you're going to now see how good and how positive and influential he is in that team. For me, uh, he's he's turning out to be a real favourite and he'll be a tremendous bargain, free transfer. Um, And that's the kind of positivity that's now coming about the team. I think that I can only think, and maybe it's wrong, maybe we're all a wee bit overexcited tonight, maybe I am, who knows. But um, I just think we're going to get better. We're going to get. We're going to really start motoring on, um, and hopefully, hopefully, well, we will do that.
0: There is a feeling that, as you say, it's all coming together now. You know, there's just a feeling that this group of players. I think getting to the Europa League was a big, you know, a big achievement and a big moment for that dressing room to think. You know, we're pushing forward here, and it's almost like you can see this. That you know, this group of players come together, and I think our field, as you say, is, is certainly over the last two or three weeks. Stood out a wee bit in terms of his level of performance. Christine, speaking about momentum, big game at Livingston. I've, I never thought I'd say that. That's a sentence I thought I'd never say. A big game at Livingston. Because they're on the same amount of points as us. They're on 11 points as well. So it's a huge game next week at, at Livingston. And then the following week, it's Hearts at Ibrox on the Sunday. So, you know, big couple of games coming up. How important is it that we keep that momentum going? You know, that we, we push on and keep on making a statement every week that you know we're in this title race as, as Stephen pointed out going on a run of you know X amount of games winning
1: Yeah, I think it's vital we maintain the the momentum um, I mean I think Livingston have surprised everybody with their league position this year but um, you know I don't think we should have anything to fear from them um, same with Harch uh, I'd is it against anybody at Ibrox at the moment and maybe that's been a wee bit um, blue tinted glasses on but I really think that we're, we're quietly turning it around to be a fortress again which obviously in recent years it hasn't been but I think the crowd um, I think the atmosphere is much better the, the crowd are actually getting behind the team rather than on their backs and that only comes from the, the performances that the players are putting in but I um, I do think that if we don't get six points from those two games, I'll be very disappointed.
0: Right, moving on, we'll have a wee look at the Villarreal game, our first European group match since 2010. A big, big night for Rangers. I would, I must admit, I was really looking forward to it. Sort of rushed home. I had a thing at work, which meant I watched the game sort of 30 minutes behind real time. Uh, But it was still just as exciting because I I made sure I wasn't even watching my phone or anything like that in terms of the score coming in. Brilliant performance, especially second half. Great result. A a real statement to go to Spain and and come away with with a point. Christine, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you make of the overall performance and how did did it feel to be back in that, that European arena?
1: It's funny because I think I was more nervous at the qualifier than I was... On Thursday night? Probably because qualifying meant so much. I mean, to me, everything's a bonus from now on um, and I don't want to get, you know, ahead of myself. I honestly thought it would be a narrow defeat for us if I'm being completely honest. I couldn't see us going and, and holding them to a draw and I think the first half performance probably, you know, um, justified that. But when they come out in the second half, they were just like a different team, and you know we could have nicked it at the end, but so could Villarreal. So, you know, I'm just delighted with a draw because it's not only the prestige; it's the money that comes with it as well.
0: Yeah, so is it like 250,000 pound a point or something like that? And it's so, I every point counts really.
1: Yep, and that's the that's the toughest game that we're going to face. You know, that was the top seeds we were. We were playing and, um, yeah, you know, we're yeah. taking a point off them,
0: so it's all looking good. I know it's great, Christine. I don't know how to deal with this. I'm used to dealing with chaos in this podcast. <laughs> <I> Can you <laughs> deal with this positivity, Stephen? Uh, we look at this, the starting 11. He went with obviously a big surprise that Warrell came in, I just never seen that coming at all. Uh, obviously, Morelos was suspended, so Lafferty came in. Again, looking back at Stevie G's team selection, how do you think he? How do you think
2: he got on? I was like you; I was extremely surprised that Joe Worrell started. Um, the rest of the team fairly picked itself. Obviously, didn't really have a much um, kind of criticism or anything of, of how we set up. Um, going back to a point you asked there, I actually blogged and I, I thought we would win on Thursday night. I, I I'm, I'm most likely stuck in a in a kind of World wind of positivity and love for Stephen Gerrard that I think he can do no wrong. So, I, I actually I tipped us to win three one. I tipped Lafferty and Arfield to get on the on the score sheet as well. But so I was nearly, I was ne- I was right with my scorers. But um, I was obviously delighted uh, with Thursday, um, especially the second half. And in regards to the team selection, kind of any complaints. Worrell needs to play at some point. So. If Cat maybe Katic had a strain or he was tired, we don't know, um, but um, it, it worked out in the end. So, and the most important thing from Thursday, I think, to take out of it was the fact that um, Gerard really nailed his his substitutions. I mean, Middleton coming on was absolutely top class. Um, he changed it for us. He, he took us 20-30 yards up the field, and his positivity and drive really kicked us on, and everybody seemed to kind of. Be revitalised from from going behind to him coming on and kind of driving us on. So yeah, I thought Gerard. I thought pretty much he, he nailed it and and they responded to him at half time after a kind of very similar first half to one we got a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm not going to, as I said to you before, I can't can i can't say I'm bad against Stephen Gerard mate. It's just uh, I'm I'm caught in a wee trance with him. I'm afraid. I
0: don't think you're the only one. <laughs> to be fair. Uh... You no, know, again, I would, I would, I would agree with most of what you're saying there. I, I, as I said, it's just, it's, it's all good news. I just, I just really enjoyed Teen Rangers back in that stage. You know, it's, you know, for someone like my boy, who, you know, he's thirteen, you know, that he's never seen anything like this before, and
1: you know, that's when it actually,
0: that's when it actually the sort of the journey that we've been on in terms of you know, being down in the lower lower divisions and you know, playing your breakins and your the forfers you, and all the rest of them, and to get back at that that level. There was some good footage of the fans celebrating the equaliser for Scott Arfield, uh, if, if, if you haven't seen it on his Twitter. It's just, it's like seven years of pain just unleashed, you know, and it was just, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant to see his back there.
2: Funny story on that, um, I'll quickly just say, I was like you, I was in work and uh, I kind of had a wee sign up at my, my office saying, you know, the Rangers are playing, don't bother me for the next couple of hours. <laughs> and uh, a boy phoned us from the other side of the office and said, "We just just equalised TVI because we heard you." <laughs> so that was <laughs> that. I, ah. I said, I, "It was." It's just like you say. It's emotion, excitement, and um, yeah, a little bit of belief crept in on Thursday night. You know, just even more that we're a we're a good side. See when we get going and we play to our strengths, we're a good side.
0: Well. The- Falling on from your neighbours, would have been very aware that Rangers were playing.
2: The other night. Let's put it that way
0: when Lafferty scored that equaliser, eh, they were under no, you know, illusions that, that, that Rangers were playing because the place just erupted me and my boy were jumping. Even my daughter got involved and she doesn't bother with football, even she was jumping about. So, yeah, a great night. Christine, who impressed you most on the night? Was there any standouts for you?
1: Oh, my goodness, I think. Possibly, and I know you're we're going to talk about him next, so right, I thought Glenn Middleton made a big difference and I think um he, I know he played in a previous European game and I'm struggling to think who it was was it Maribor who played or was it the one before that? and anyway, I thought he was outstanding and I thought he's in the team on uh Saturday. Or Sunday, um, but he wasn't. Um, it's it's difficult because you know I'm quite elderly, and that's a few days ago now. Colin, it's <laughs> um, you know I, will, I don't remember I, much I, about it. Um, I, I thought all round. I thought Andy Halliday was good. Um, I think I think it was just an all all round good team performance, really, rather than any any standouts.
0: I, I mean, I, I I think you would struggle to see anyone didn't sort of get past marks. You know, I think most people done their done their bit on the night. I know McCoy was sort of singling out uh, Barisic for the the Villarreal their second goal, but I actually thought it it was connected to Tavernier. I thought he was so far up, he was pushing, he was pressing high up the park. And when Villarreal got the ball up, the whole back four had to. Well, there was only three of them there at the time. They all had to move sort of 10 yards to the right to cover the the, the runs. And I think that's where the problem came from. I think if, if, if Tavernier hadn't been so far up the park, you know, you'd have had the back four there. So I kind of felt for Barrissett's getting the, get, getting the flack for that. But overall, yeah, I think, I think everyone, eh, done their bit on what was a, a big, big night for Rangers. Stephen, Christy mentioned Glenn Middleton there. Obviously he came on, I thought the pass for the equaliser was fantastic. You know, it was a really, really good ball, very well-weighted. It made a huge difference when he came on. He was so direct, just going straight to the full-back. You know, how big a night was that for him? To me, I thought to go from, you know, relative, you know, obscurity for last season, we'd never even heard of this boy, to come on in a European game like that and, and make that sort of impact, you know. How, how big a night is that for him?
2: I think it's massive for him. I kind of spoke about Middleton before and blogging and things and saying that he's got raw potential. And um, But I think the other night kind of kicks him on. He's gone from raw potential to somebody now that the fans look to for excitement and they, they look to as if to say, instead of it being raw potential, he's now kind of got star potential. Um, as you said, do you know, before I comment on what you were saying about the pass and things like that, the first thing that Glenn Middleton did when he got the ball on that left-hand side was attack the full-back and he drew a free kick and a caution. And it just said that they they tried to double up on him and he just kept going at them. And that is brilliant. That is confidence and, and arrogance of, of a young player that I love. They're not scared. And um, and that's, it goes back to what I was saying before. I thought it was brilliant that he didn't go on today. Not because he didn't deserve it again but because that's just good management. See, when it comes to him maybe starting against the air or maybe if we need him at Livingston next week, he's going to be chomping at the bit again. And I just think that's great. He's he, That kicks him on because now we know, yeah, we've got a game changer. We've got somebody that that maybe if, you know, Kent or Kandias isn't um, available, that's all right because Glenn Middleton's there. So very positive about Glenn Middleton's future. Um, I think the management team are doing really well with him, and I think potentially if if you know he kind of kicks on, we've got a real prospect on our hands.
0: Again, I I can't disagree. I mean, for an eighteen-year-old to come on, you're right. The first thing he done was 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 running the fullback, and obviously got his first goal for the club last week. Ironically, I thought it was one of his quieter games last week. It, it, it wasn't quite as direct last week. He's obviously got his goal, and for for a young boy eighteen. to to perform like that and on the European stage, his first European game, obviously, or, or uh, uh, the group stages is fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful for Middleton because everything I've seen so far is really positive. Christine, coming back to you, obviously the point sets us off pretty well. You know, a difficult place to go, uh, go to Spain and, and, and come away unscathed. It's Rapid Vienna, Ibrox next. <laughs> does that provide an opportunity for us to really sort of cement a good start in this campaign?
1: Definitely. Um, you know, to get, I think they're a, a decent team, but, um, you know, to get them at home, if we could get points on the board, um, I don't think we have really anything to fear from either of the other teams. Um, in fact, we've got obviously got all three of them to play at home and... Like I was saying earlier, I just think that Ibrox is is beginning to become a bit of a fortress again, and um, I, don't, I I can see us getting nine points from our three home home games, to be honest. And then we've got the one away point, so ten points should seal it. Just as easy, just as easy as that. that
0: you're making it
1: sound very easy. I know. See, when I just going back to Glenn Middleton just for a wee second, Colin, I think we need to give Graeme Murray some credit here for for signing him from um Norwich. Um he's obviously he had worked with him before, so um Graham Murray gets a lot of stick, but he got that one right. But um I,
0: I, I feel for Murray, but, but Yeah. See the issue with Murray was he was in the wrong job. You know, obviously if if it's something that brought Glenn Middleton at the club, and obviously the job he was doing with the young boys, to me that that's his job, that's the, the, the role that he's best suited for I, I'm I'm not overly happy with how the club handled that whole situation with Murray if I'm being honest with you, I, I think they could have got him out it a lot quicker because it was obvious after a wee while that he was, he was out his depth uh, but you know, it's all worked out in the end, he's still at the club and uh, I'm glad that's the case, and you're right, if he brought he brought my daughter to the club, so you know he deserves credit for that. Yeah,
1: I g- I agree. Um, but no, I think I think they're I think all the games are winnable, really. But um, you know, maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself a <laughs> wee bit too much. Well, you're allowed
0: to, you know. As I said, we're not used to this positive stuff. <laughs> for
2: So long, we don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? It's just oh, it's just it's brilliant. Let's just cut to the chase. We're, we're going to win it. We're going to back you. <laughs> <Well, I don't- laughs> You know what I mean? It's happening.
0: I said that to the boys at the game of day. I said, we're winning a lot. I said, we're running the treble. We're winning the Europa League. We're winning Chef. We're winning the Eurovision Song Contest. We're winning the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> we're winning everything. For the next year, just stick the uh, Rangers name on it because we're, we're doing a lot. Uh, but maybe I'm getting a bit ahead of myself now. I don't know. Right, quick question to both of these. Uh How... How good was it to see Rangers back at that stage? It's been so long. I mean, we really have been through, you know, the mire a wee bit. You know, there's been times I've been sitting there. I can remember I was at Easter Road the day we got beat off the Rovers in the Ramsons Cup final. I can remember coming out of the, that game that day thinking, when is this going to end? Is it going to end? This, is this it now for us? You know, we've a, 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 a sort of done as a, a, as a big club. And Thursday night, I must admit, felt really, really good to me. I really, really enjoyed seeing us back in that stage. How did it feel for you guys to see to see the Angels back in that arena?
1: Fantastic for me. Um, I've really missed it. I still would like to hear that Champions League music at Ibrox, though. But um, I don't think we're, we're quite ready for that yet. Um, but it's great just being in this these big uh, stadiums and, and just hearing our support. I mean, you heard them throughout the whole game um, on Thursday and good on them and um, I think it's great to be excited again about going into European Games because we, ha- we have missed that big time.
2: Stephen? For me, it's, everything is just kind of working towards where we need to be on a more regular basis. This is, this is Rangers. We are a massive, massive club and institution, and we shouldn't be where we have been recently. Um, Thursday night is just another little indication that we are on our way back. Um and yeah it was exciting buzzing I'd, you know all Thursday I was looking forward to the kick-off watching the clock and things like that and yeah I, I got a wee bit excited when the goals went in and things like that but it's just brilliant we've deserved that as you said see for all the guys that were at breaking when it all first started then the guys that have stood when we're getting beat by Aloha like yourself at Easter Road for for the Ramsden's Cup and things like that I took my seven um, year old um, father-in-law to that game with the misses Um. And he suffers from alzheimer's dementia parkinson's and he still loves his Rangers games he absolutely loves them he was there today with me um and and that's what he lives for and he came out of that today and he's like he, he just so happy and so delighted um and the other night is the same that's that's for all of us that have, have kind of stopped by and went through all that in recent years and it just feels it feels brilliant I can't wait for the home games the big atmospheres and european nights and that it's where where we should be. Well, we should actually be in the big one, to be quite honest. We all know that, but it's where we should be on the big stage, and we're getting we're getting back to that, and that's what's important.
0: I, I agree with both these. It was great, you know. You know what? I forgot what it was like, though. I forgot how nervous she were at these games, and it was just seeing that that goal, and after forty five seconds, I was "Oh Christ, not again!" You know, and, and all the memories, all the European nights previously, when the, you know it was just pure nerves at times. I forgot that. You know, I forgot that's how you felt at these things. So it was great. I'd, I'd really great to see Rangers the back there. And, and a, a fine way to start a great weekend. Right, moving on again. And we'll look at the final topic of this week's podcast. Uh, very sort of serious topic to look at this week. Obviously, there was the incident with George Pete uh, the former FA, uh, SFA sorry, president. He's claimed that uh, chairman of a prominent club urged them not to help Rangers at the tail end of the 2007-2008 season when Rangers had got to the final of the UEFA Cup and were facing a severe fixture backlog. Rangers were scheduled to play five games in 11 days towards the end of that campaign. Season finale was delayed for all top six clubs by four days to ensure a same-day finish. Pete revealed last week that uh, a chairman, as I said, a prominent club, Contacted him by phone, asking him not to help Rangers out with their fixture backlog. Uh, Pete served as a Scott, uh, the SFA president, sorry, between 2007 and 2011. And the reason he was discussing this, it, he was asked about, you know, his time at the SFA and there was, if there was any disappointing moments. Former Rangers player Lee McCulloch was asked for comments on it. He said. If, if Pete's account is accurate, that it's quite sad. The effort that the players put into that ca- that campaign uh, was unreal, and I would be upset if there were people at other clubs plotting against Rangers in the background at the time. So all very serious stuff. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to you first on this. Given the seriousness of the allegations by George Pete, should Rangers be requesting a review of the decisions taken at the time, and maybe a wider review of the sort of governance and decision-making processes at the SFA?
2: It depends on what way you look at it. Is it worth it when dealing with the SFA? Because we, King's already highlighted the kind of people that are employed um, at the association. They're not Rangers friendly. Would it do any good to shout about this? No. In my opinion, it probably wouldn't be. Um, for me, George Pete needs to just come out and tell everybody what we already know. We know who it was. We know who it was—the Phantom Tours of Japan, the the, the false um, upset for cancellation games and all that. We know we know exactly what went on. That season was a shambles. Some of the things that that um, happened, postponement-wise, and things like that. Um, is it worth going back through it? No. But should we forget about it? Not in my opinion. Just chalk that up. Um, we know about it, and we know um, who done it. We know who orchestrated it. It's just, it's just, nothing surprises me when it comes to that lot anymore. I'm afraid, um, and yeah, try not to sound like the bitter old man I am. I'm just like that season was just pathetic. We know that, um, but for me, I don't think it does much use kind of going over it again. I don't think even if we did go to complain about it or ask for any governance and things like that, the SFA would do anything anyway, mate. In all honesty,
0: That's well, yeah. You've maybe got a point there you know i suppose at the end of the day if you're going to ask for a review of these things you have to look at well, what would the outcome be and it's not really going to benefit rangers is it really you know but it does nip a wee bit i'm not going to deny it you know when, when this is coming out i think we all suspected something was going on in the background at the time anyway but to have it confirmed you know doesn't leave a, a sort of nice taste in the mouth let's put it that way christine uh, Neil Cameron at the Herald and Andrew Smith at the Scotsman both came out with, with pieces on this. Both went out their way to sort of claim that, you know, Rangers have nothing to complain about. They, they weren't, you know, unfairly treated at the time. Neil Cameron is obviously a Celtic supporter. Andrew Smith is a former Celtic View editor. Have they both been a bit disingenuous? Because when I was reading both their pieces, thing that struck me was they weren't actually dealing with the main issue. The main issue here is not how rangers were treated at the time. It was that there was stuff going on in the background that shouldn't be going on in the background. So surely that's the the issue that they should be talking about if they're going to write about
1: it. Yeah, of course they've both been disingenuous. Um, That's what they do. But um, there there is a story here, but perhaps the story should have come out ten years ago when it was all happening, and I, I think there would have been something um possible to do there but you know it's so much time has gone past probably people the people involved like John Reed etc have moved on um you know these journalists they, they were frightened for that something came out that would show Celtic in a bad light but we all know what kind of you know, antics they get up to that season with the Phil O'Donnell thing and, um, you know, Tommy Burns passed away um, the the night after Manchester, I think, the day after Manchester. And, you know, it was, Tommy would have wanted it. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, it really smacks the double standards. Um, But, do you know what? There's no point in looking back, in a way. There's all sorts of things that have happened to Rangers over the years that we look back and say, that should never have been allowed to happen. Everything that happened in 2012 and the, the five-way agreement and things like that, that was really shambolic. But, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't really gain anything. I don't see them giving us our prize money back, for instance, or or anything like that, because they'll say it's a different company. So (laughs) Yeah, I I think we should, we all know, we all know. And that George Pete has got it out there and everybody knows who it was. There's not even any point in guessing. So we'll just, leave. I think we should just leave it at that and um, let
0: everybody make up their own minds. On, on, the, on the Phil O'Donnell thing, I mean, I, I have to sort of say, it, it does feel slightly uncomfortable bringing something as serious that in it, but it does feel like that. You know, Celtic had a, quite a lot of injuries at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anyone in that Celtic team at that particular time who had played with Phil O'Donnell. Motherwell, who was his club at the time, they fulfilled their fixture. You know, yeah. so it does it does feel, and I don't like bringing it up because the guy was a dad, he was a husband. You know, he, he, he's a human being at the end of the day, and I don't want to upset anyone. But that it, it does feel like Celtic used that at that time for the, for their own for their own benefit. But
1: of course they did. But this is what we're saying is nothing against Phil O'Donnell. It was an absolute tragedy for the the man and his family. Um, it's just the double standards of, that Celtic used. Uh, uh, during that season that
0: sticks in the throat a wee bit? It does. It does stick in the craw, you know. Uh, I mean, five games in in 11 days is just absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I I suppose the two years are are, are right in that it can't be changed now. You know, what's done is done. I suppose that's the way it is and we just need to move on that way. Stephen, Stevie G was sort of mocked recently when he... You know, he came out with a comment about referees and saying you know the world's against us and all that. It it, it I mean he took a bit of pillar in the press for that. Does this story add weight that actually Rangers are treated slightly differently in this country compared to other clubs? I
2: d I don't know if it adds weight to it. I think it just confirms what we've we've always kinda known that there's a jealousy there of Rangers and our status and where we've always been. We know that. Um it is what it is. Um, I think it, it's all about Rangers, in my opinion. Ignore the nonsense, the irrelevant and the noise. As I say on the blog, and that's all it is. Let's concentrate on ourselves. Let's kick on and, and really get a siege mentality. That's what I want to see from my club. I want us to just get get going. And now I really think we've got an opportunity to do that
0: you say ignore all the noise including the dog barking in
2: the background uh, but that's <laughs> but my Chinese so mean, here <laughs> That's her She wants her prawn crackers
0: <laughs> Christine, I think we all know who the prominent club is Okay, so I think it's fair to say that it's uh, our, our separated brethren across the road Is this a sign that, that at this particular moment in time they have too much power
2: within the game? I think
1: they have had um, they seem to be, have very prominent people in um, prominent positions. Over Overuse of the word prominent here, but <laughs> it's difficult to, to find another one. I don't think it's been quite as bad as it, now as it has been in the past. I'm not sure that they're just getting everything their own way like they used to. But we would only know that if another thing similar thing happens um with fi- fixture congestion for a start you know um and we would we would find out but I think the I don't, do you know who is the chairman of Celtic anyway is it Desmond or is it he the PLC have no idea whatever it is. But I think I think people know that um Does
0: it know that Tory Pier What's his name? The banker? Is it him? I can't remember.
1: Oh, it's, or in, in Livingston, is it?
0: I can't imagine. Uh, to me, it all focuses on, a lot of it comes back to Lowell, I think. I think Peter Lowell's quite you know, yeah. prominent and all these things. Yeah, but uh, he's
1: obviously the of you know, the chief executive rather than the, the chairman. I mean, he did emphasise, the, Pete emphasised the chairman, Um. although I think uh, sometimes Peter Lowell thinks he's, Chairman, chief executive, and owner um, react
0: sometimes. Seems to get involved in a lot of things he doesn't need to get involved in, in my opinion. But hey ho, I, I I do. I, I must admit the, the one thing that made me think that maybe things as you pointed out there have changed a little. bit, I was convinced with this whole debate about whether Scotland should play their games at Hampden or Murrayfield. I was convinced during that whole debate, I said, you know what, they're going to come out and say we're going to play them at Celtic Park. I was absolutely convinced that was going to happen, and it didn't. So maybe maybe there is argument to say that they, they, they maybe don't quite have as much power as they, they once did. Stephen, coming back to you, I mean, the, the, I think I gave the stats earlier on in terms of how many games, five games in 11 days. I don't care what anyone says, that is ridiculous. If a club in any other league was facing you know, that sort of backlog, do you think the organising body would have extended that season beyond what the SFA did here?
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. Because other authorisations and organisations and things aren't hellbent on, on punishing or, or not working with their clubs who want to see best because it's best for their games. That's exactly what Zenit. I think Zenit had something like a 10-12 day break. And they went away on holiday, they went to a training camp. And What did we have? We had Dundee United on Saturday, uh, um, something like 24 hours before we had to go to Manchester as a squad. But it's funny there when you were asking Christine about um, you know who Celtic's chairman is. I don't have a clue what goes on at that club. I don't pay attention, but I'll tell you something else. If you ask any Celtic fan in the world, they could tell you who the cleaner was at Ibrox. They're obsessed with us. And as I said before, I-, I couldn't care less what they do. I don't think there's much point in kind of going over this or kind of raking the coals. Um, The time to to kind of, you know, enjoy this will be the end of the season when we're celebrating, in my opinion.
0: Well, I hope you're right, Stephen. I hope you're right. There there maybe is an argument to just let that go, you know, but I must admit, you know, it, it does still stick in the craw a wee bit. But as you guys have pointed out, there's nothing we can do about it now. Right guys, final final topic of the week, it's the CFCO of the week, probably for a lot of us podcasters, we, we spend a, a bit of time trying to find something for us because uh, it's it's one of the one of the, the favourite features of the podcast. Stephen, have you got any this week?
2: Yeah, um, it's been glorious today on Kerrydale Meltdown on Twitter, it's one of my favourite pages, I talk about this all the time, this is where actually I just get all my ammunition I just go on that site, a couple of belters today, first one quite amusing. It is with heavy heart I announce that the Celtic banter years have arrived. That one tickled me. Um, (laughs) The other one, the best one I think, is the establishment won't let us win 10. We all know it. Whether they've got to Brandon, I just don't know.
0: (laughs) I've seen that one,
2: actually. Um, I've
0: seen that, yeah.
2: And there's another one here that's just been great. Um, It says, just been sent this. Just when you think they can't sink any lower, they bring on a sectarian flute band on their pitch while the police just just stand back and watch. That, of course, was today's um, parade band. and the pipe yeah. band. Yeah, oh, was no they really band. are a special breed. Christine, <laughs> you got anything for this week's?
1: It's probably not a Sevco of the Week type thing, but there was a tweet that I just loved um, the other night. It was about what the Celtic fans knew about Villarreal, and it was all about their league position, their first team players, their um, you know history. And then what they know about Rosenberg, the team that they were actually playing, they are Norwegian. <laughs> and I think it just it said it all <laughs> to me that the, the, the upset you know, the obsess over things about us that we wouldn't even dream of thinking about. Yeah. Um, with the the teams that they play.
0: That sounds similar. I don't know if you remember the one a while back, uh it was a couple of years ago, this guy it ended up with thousands of retweets. This guy had <laughs> Went on to Twitter and moaned about whenever he went on the STV website. The the, the football pages, when he went on it at, at the top of the page, it had all the sort of top flight club badges, right? And the Rangers badge was in color, and all the rest were in black and white. So he's gone off, he's not a Celtic fan, saying, Why is it? Why is the Rangers badge color and everyone's black and white? And somebody came back to me and said, They map the pages that you go on, so if. You're visiting the Rangers page on the STV website all the time. The site assumes that that's the club you support. <laughs> <laughs> so they changed that badge to colour. And he, he, the boy just never came back. He just disappeared. You know, was, that was it. He sort of realised he'd made an arse of it. So, aye, quality stuff. Mass AF of the Week, it was just all that hullabaloo about the kits. You know, Ryan Kent's kit was slightly different from everybody else's. Uh, and I think the UFL inbox crashed at one point, you know, because they're trying to lobby UFOs to get us chucked out of the Europa League because Ryan Kent's kit was a bit dodgy, but aye, that's the aim summed up, really, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, they're after not. Right, that's all we've got time for this week on the Net podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Big thanks to Christine and to Stephen for their contributions. Christine, I believe you've got a shout-out that you want to do before we wrap things up.
1: Yeah, if you don't mind, um, just a shout-out to Gregor, who sits in front of me in the main stand at Ibrox. Um, He's a a regular listener of the podcast, so um, I said I would give give him a wee (laughs) shout-out. And also, safe trip to my sister, who's going to Boston on Tuesday.
0: Good, good. Stephen, I believe you've got a a wee update as well?
2: Yeah, um, as you know, Colin... um, I started the Four Lads, Had a Dream blog um, last November. Um, during that time, um, we have had nearly 430,000 views, which has been incredible. And something that I wanted to do was give something back to the club. So we've been talking to the club for a while, and I approached the youth development um, company to see if we could help them. basically... What we are now doing is we are going to advertise the youth brand. um, So if there's a a latest promotion like the lot or the pools and stuff, when you read our blogs now, you will now see that kind of links and that. And it's just our way, hopefully, um, with our reach of kind of making... If if one person signs up for the pools or or, um, the lottery for the club, then it's worth it because it gets them a wee bit back. And we're going to be... Announcing a couple of exciting things um, from the the blog over the next couple of months, which we hope will help raise um, some money for the youth development company as well. So, um, for anybody who wants to check it out, we are four lads the dream blog on the net. Um, we're also four lads had dream on Twitter and on Instagram. Come and say hello. Um, and thanks to everybody that regularly reads. Good stuff. Great stuff. I have to
0: admit, I was a Rangers pools agent back in the day. Done my bit. Done my time. Uh, right, thanks to Christine and Stephen for their contributions tonight. Excellent stuff from them. A big thanks to our audio engineer Graham, who will make everything sound wonderful. Don't have any info about the show next week. Obviously, you may have noticed actually, I should have mentioned this at the start of the show. Ross was, was due to host uh, tonight, but he had to pull out. He's, he's, he's actually nicknamed Jordan Ross. I know he misses that many pods. Uh, So he might be back next week, not really sure, but once we know, we'll let you know. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing. Tell your friends uh, how much you enjoy it. Get the word out there. Subscribe as well if you can. Also, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Lots of stuff on there, previews, match reviews, opinion pieces. And, of course, the forums there, loads of people chatting about rangers. So, all great stuff. So, until the next time, thanks for joining us.